0: Welcome to a Backyard Ultra podcast. In this episode, Andy Clowitta came on just a few days after he finished running at the BC Backyard Ultra, where he went for 30 hours.
1: Here you go. Okay,
0: Andy, how are you going?
1: I'm going well. How are you, Pato?
0: Yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, of course, man. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure.
0: Yes, yeah, so I really enjoyed um, watching the Instagram stories of your Race to the bc backyard ultra
1: yeah i mean appreciate that thanks for following along it was uh, <laughs> fun it's definitely the kind of format where you got cell reception you got a little time to upload here and there so
0: yeah yeah sure
1: yeah
0: how um can you tell me about how your journey to bc backyard ultra began
1: oh man um well i mean ultra running in general is kind of newer to me. Um so I mean we could talk a little bit about my running journey and kind of how I got into running if Yeah, perfect. That works for you. Yeah. So um I don't know, I grew up in elementary school and uh running a little bit. We'd run some my gym teacher was really gung-ho about getting us to go out and run 5Ks. We had a 5K race that was local and so we'd run that when I was young. Did a little cross country in middle school, always played soccer or football as you guys call it played american football as well um and yeah so i was always active always competitive always into sports had a little bit of running background here and there I Liked to run but i was never top of the class or anything back in school and then probably fell off uh from sports and activities once you graduated and life starts to get in the way and it's kind of hard to commit to uh being a part of a team sport um so probably 2014 uh realized i'd put on a few yeah. uh i saw 199 pounds on the scale i think that's what like 92 kilos or so and it's the biggest i would ever seen so i uh, it's like man i need i need to get this weight off i'm used to being around like 75 to 79 kilos yeah so started a bit of uh weight loss just working out going to the gym weightlifting, um and then i would just run like five K's or three K's around my neighborhood once or twice a week here and there, except being the competitive person I am, I would just go out and try and run them as fast as I could every time. Yeah. So eventually you're capping out and, uh, getting exhausted. Uh, but still, I wasn't running that consistently. Um, but there was a hike locally in town that a lot of people do. It's called the Abbey grind. And it's, I think something like 248 meters over, one and a half kilometers and so I'd go out and hike that and then I would run it down and I'd run down really fast and I'd have a blast running down and I snowboarded a lot growing up and one of my favorite things is just ducking into the trees and weaving in and out of the trees on the downhills and I realized oh I can kind of do this in the off season like I can run fast down the trails this is fun and so that's what kind of sparked my interest into trail running. And as soon as your interest is sparked into trail running, you start hearing about ultra marathons and mm. you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast and you'll hear about guys like David Goggins and like, man, there's guys who run crazy distances. Like yeah so I so I that sparked an interest in me probably like 2016. Like I would love to get into trail running because I love running around the trails and I want to see how far I can go. Yeah. Um so then it wasn't until and still, I'm not running that much. Like, maybe, honestly, 80 kilometers in a year. Like, a couple 3 and 5Ks here and there. Right. And end of, end of 2019, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to sign up. There's a 50K trail marathon locally in my town. And so, end of 2019, I'm like, I'm going to sign up for this 50K. Like, this is going to be awesome. And it was coming up in May. I had no idea how to train. I had no idea what what kind of work goes into these things so Mm -hmm. thankfully COVID canceled it um COVID came around in 2020 and the 50k was canceled in May and I had barely been training so I would have wrecked myself (laughs) um and then I ended up deciding you know what I still want to do this so I started training a little more albeit not the best training and I ran the 50k route solo in uh September of 2020 and it's a really mountainous route i think it's about 3,000 meters over 50k i was hooked though i had a blast yeah and then immediately the next month i ran like they had a virtual 10k trail run where you you run your fastest 10k on the route upload it to strava and you can keep running it until you get a faster time and i ended up running like four of those that month and then i ran a half marathon at the end of october and all of a sudden i ran a 50k a bunch of fast 10ks and a half marathon <laughs> and i got injured <laughs>
2: all right yeah.
1: so then so then i went into 2021 dealing with some injuries and probably ran maybe 300 kilometers all of 2021 up until september when i had my daughter my wife and i we had our daughter in august of 2021 and in September I'm like I got to try this stroller out because we have a stroller that's perfect for jogging so Mm. I took it out and I got right back into it and I'm like you know what let's sign up yeah so I signed up for 100k September of 2022 uh, at a local ski resort here in town in 2022 I really finally committed to my training and yeah I got addicted to running trails and ran that ultra marathon and had a blast and then I decided what's next Mm. and I had seen some people during COVID locally who I know who are on team Canada in the quarantine backyard ultra or sorry in the uh, satellite backyard ultra after the quarantine and I knew some team Canada guys and I had been following along like hourly updates like what's (laughs) going on how far are these guys going these guys are running how many hours like this is crazy go to bed wake up the next day they're still going yeah and so i remember my wife had told me she said you should do one of those one day i was like i don't know and then yeah this last fall after i ran my 100k i was like you know what let's sign up for a backyard ultra let's see what it's like it's a totally different format i'm used to racing i'm used to getting out there how am i going to be at this slow pace just pushing myself mentally Mm. and uh so i signed up i think in Mm. november for this backyard ultra just last week and yeah it was exciting i'm glad i did no regrets yeah, <laughs> and yeah, thankfully yeah. that's right around the time you started your podcast so oh, yeah yeah somehow i went searching through uh, all these podcasts and i found backyard ultra podcasts and i realized all oh, these aussies they're crazy for their backyards they yeah. love their backyards <laughs> and i learned a lot through you and your guests honestly so thank you for that
0: no 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 worries yeah no, look i'm so glad i've started the podcast because I mean, one of the reasons why I did it was because I wanted to get better at them myself, and I've learned so much from doing it, yeah. just from all the guests I've had on. So, yeah, I've been loving it. And I, I did some research into that that 100Ks. You actually did really well. Didn't you come, like, sixth or something like that?
1: I came fourth, actually, oh. and I was 90 seconds out of third place. Wow. So <laughs> after 15 hours of running, it came down to – uh A battle for third
2: yeah and
1: it was it was a really exciting finish i there was a really long 20 kilometer downhill i think i was 17 minutes out of third at the at 80k mark or so and i was like maybe i could catch him on the downhill and sure enough right near the end of it i see his shadow and i love my downs as i told you i love going down and so i whipped by him and we had a little sprint finish to the bottom of the final down and then the course turns and it's about maybe an 800 meter distance uphill right my climbing legs were done (laughs) he got me on the climb and it was a close finish it was so fun though yeah it was such a blast
0: yeah and it was a big field it wasn't like you came fourth out of 10 runners it was like about 100 runners in the actual race wasn't there it was a pretty big field
1: Yeah. yeah something like that it was I don't yeah. know. it was a good time <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah 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 so that must have given you a lot of confidence as well like that that you you're a pretty decent runner
1: yeah I mean it did it got me excited I told my wife before I think I had set two conservative goals I had set my goal somewhere around 18 hours and maybe squeeze into the top 10 if I could but honestly I just had a really good day that day my gut was good my body felt good I didn't really bonk or hit any lows throughout the day so yeah. I think I got lucky it's one of the reasons I needed a backyard because I needed to feel what it feels like to hit those lows yeah.
0: um so you you mentioned that you like got injured because it sounds like you're like you were just going hell for leather and you're just running all your runs fast and you got injured did when you came back did you get a coach or how did you um train more conservatively how did you go about that
1: no coach I think uh I'm just the kind of guy who geeks out on uh, podcasts, uh, podcasts and podcasts uh, and reading articles and getting on Reddit and on forums and kind of trying to teach myself and learn. Oh, there's a smart way to train. Like you should only be building about ten percent every week or so, and uh, you probably shouldn't be racing every two weeks. And <laughs> <It's> funny, <man. laughs> you should take your rest days seriously and do some cross training and a little bit of strength training. So i've just tried to be better about taking care of my body and a little more conservative and not running all out every time i go and run yeah i realize the easy run is is an important one so yeah a lot more Uh, focus on my easy pace
0: yeah so bc um in as in bc backyard ultra the bc stands for british columbia is that right that's correct yeah yeah and that's where you're from that's where you live. Yeah
1: that's correct yeah it was it was about four hour drive away from my hometown but same province so
0: yeah yeah cool and so where you um live now is that like in a city or is it like
1: yeah so Vancouver would probably be the biggest city near us so I'm just about 40 minutes outside of Vancouver in a town called Abbotsford
2: yeah yeah So
1: yeah, I mean it's a nice city, a decent population, a little mix of farmyard and city, and we've got some mountains and trails. Honestly, right at my doorstep, which is great. So, yeah, I love being out on the trails.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, So one of the things that um, really drew me into your um, into your race, I guess, was that like you've um, was the charity aspect. You were like you got pledges um, for people to donate and to go to charity can you tell tell me a little bit about that
1: yeah um i mean as you probably know ultra running it can be such a selfish sport you know we take so much time for ourselves for our runs for our recovery time away from family we uh book these races and these trips that are centered around us and our races and I struggle with that a little bit, the selfishness behind it. I mean, it's a passion of mine and my wife is very supportive. She's awesome. She's super supportive. But I thought, how can I, how can I turn this into something where I'm able to actually give through what I'm doing?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I decided, man, the backyard format is a perfect format to set up a pledge drive where people give a certain dollar amount per yard that I complete. Mm-hmm. And something that's been really close to my heart Um, In the past few years, and especially in the last year's addiction recovery, I lost my sister in February of last year to a drug overdose. Um, And she's the third person in my life in the last six years that I've lost to an overdose. Um, I've been around addicts before I've worked with them before and actually the recovery program that i set up for the donations is one that i've been involved with a little bit in the past Uh, it's called teen challenge and they have men's homes and women's homes where they house people who are recovering from addicts and they integrate them back into society and they counsel them and it's a gospel-based uh christ-centered recovery and yeah it's a really great program and i've seen a lot of great results and i thought you know this is something that's so close to my heart and the backyard ultra in a lot of ways, I mean, addicts in a lot of ways are, uh, they're going through an ultra marathon of their own, trying to get to recovery and they're often so misunderstood. And I thought that this is one way that I can kind of suffer with them in a way and experience a little bit of suffering and a little bit of that mental battle. Yeah. And at the same time, raise some money. So I was really excited to do that and I got a lot of great response and managed to at this point raise six thousand six hundred dollars through running the bc backyard and so that that was huge for me yeah
2: that's to awesome. be able to
1: do that and it was definitely an extra fire behind me as i went through those difficult yards knowing that if i complete this yard that's another 160 dollars to teen challenge so that yeah. was huge
0: yeah that's awesome um so with bc or how, how many years does that ultra been going for the, the second or third year or? this
1: is only their second year yeah there's there's a f- couple other backyards that happen around the country i think if, like alberta the province that's next to us they have one that goes on called they're uh, run by the grassroots racing series um and that's coming up in a few months and other than that i think there's maybe like six or seven backyards in the country otherwise yeah
0: throughout
1: the year yeah. yeah but i mean pretty new thing here
0: yeah yeah the yeah i mean they've only been around in australia for the, like the last three or so three or four years so yeah that's <laughs>
1: crazy <laughs> they've blown up
0: <laughs> yeah yeah there's always new ones popping up every year um so what what's the course like there i actually i saw that there's actually it was a pretty good field too like you've got some runners who are on the satellite um canadian team in it too so yeah Really good runners in this race too, wasn't there?
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's that's that kind of got me excited because I knew that I knew some of the guys who were on Team Canada yeah. and their runners locally here where I live. And so I knew that this race had the potential to go over forty hours and knowing some of the other runners in it, I was like, man, this could push 50, 60 potentially. So I thought it would be an exciting one. Um the course, the course was fun. It was a good course. Um I think the the day loop had about 130 meters of elevation gain, um, two decent climbs and a couple of fun little downhills for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, we started with a loop around a soccer field and then we went up into the woods and it was all on trail for the rest of it. And then we finished with the loop of the soccer field on the day one and day two. They switched the course a little bit, mm-hmm. and then the night loop was uh, on the road. With a little bit of dirt road and only had about 65 or something meters of elevation gain so a little more mellow with the elevation Mm. um but it was nice thankfully the day loop was shaded because we ended up running on the hottest days in probably seven months we're just at the beginning of spring here in canada so i've been used to running early morning winter weather something like you know two degrees five degree runs in the negatives and all of a sudden we had out of nowhere a 28 degree day in the full sun so no one was ready for it
0: (laughs) right yeah it's kind of like the opposite of what's going on here at the moment we're just heading into well winter starts in just over a month but it's starting to get doesn't get anywhere near as cold as it does over there though here like it's like four degrees and we think that's freezing but Yeah, yeah. You run in the snow and everything, don't you?
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of have to here. Where where we are on the West Coast, we don't get as much snow. It's a little bit of a warmer climate here on the West. So, I mean, in December, we got down to minus 15, minus 20 for a while, but that usually doesn't last all winter. Our winters usually sit around two degrees or so. Mm. But, I mean, yeah, consistent training in that kind of weather to all of a sudden be in 28-degree full sun. Yeah. I was thankful for the shaded sections, but the heat was a killer this last yeah. weekend for sure.
0: I noticed on um, some of the um, Instagram stories you posted on the night course o- along the road, I could hear cars going past. Like were, there, were you close to the cars?
1: or Like did you have to be careful of the cars or was it? A little bit. We were in a small town, so we were just running on the shoulder of the roads. It was kind of, uh, kind of country roads. Um, but after midnight, the traffic completely died down and probably between midnight and sunrise Mm -hmm. I maybe saw two cars so it definitely wasn't busy but we did have to be careful we were on a pretty narrow shoulder and we had some rowdy people drive by a couple times but it was well marked out for us they had some signs on the road saying runners would be nearby and some cones set up so it wasn't too much of a worry
0: yeah cool um so where i am like um I need to watch out like in summertime anyway i've got to watch out for snakes when i run um what what type of animals do you have to watch out for in um in
1: bc um weirdly enough i never see any but everyone else always does so we've got (laughs) i mean we've got black bears around i mean there's black bears in my backyard apparently i never (laughs) see them but they're up in the woods on the trails where i run um but I mean black bears aren't too much of a worry you just keep your distance they're not usually aggressive unless you get in the way of them and their cubs Mm -hmm. um further up north we have Grizzlies but nowhere near where I am and then mountain lions um but again they're pretty quiet you don't see them often and then coyotes around I've run into a couple coyotes here and there honestly i'm more worried about the owls right. i've had a couple i've had a couple owls swoop down and try and attack me as i'm running by with their talons out so
2: wow.
1: i always have my eyes open for the owls but
0: yeah
1: so you've yeah. actually seen mountain lions have you i haven't no but they're around yeah i, I never see these things my my <laughs> wife is always so worried for me she's like be careful out there there's gonna be bears there's mountain lions i'm like i don't see them yeah. like, they don't like me for some reason so <laughs> but they're out there
0: what about wolves?
1: Uh, not this far south. No, no wolves around here. Coyotes only.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, what's it like running in the snow? That it looks comfortable, like nice and soft. Is it fun?
1: Yeah, it's not bad. I like it sometimes. I love, I love the snow. I've, I've grown up loving the winter and loving the snow and love being outside. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's definitely more difficult to run in. I hate having to put on my spikes if it's really slick out uh, it's just i would rather just run in shoes but if i got to do it i got to do it um but yeah some of the trails can get really slick up here Mm. especially the trails near me so tend to kind of just have to play it by ear if you're running on the sidewalk or running in the trails Mm. definitely had a few good slips this winter
0: (laughs) and um leading
1: into bc
0: what kind of training were you doing what kind of K's were you doing each week and did you do anything specific to get yourself ready for a backyard ultra
1: um yeah I just wanted to put as much time on feet as I had the time to do so I eventually built up to 100 kilometer weeks and I think I had four weeks around 100 kilometers about uh yeah seven to three weeks out um and then a lot of specific backyard pace training I Picked out a route near my house that was about a yard and did every so probably at least one yard a week in the six weeks leading up um, a couple times a couple yards and then i even did uh in one of my peak weeks i decided to simulate kind of what it would be like to run overnight so Uh i ran from 11 p.m till 5 a.m yeah and i did six yards From my house using my car and my driveway as my aid station and i took the break in between and kind of got used to that and i actually did something funny i set up a little wheel on this uh the on the internet where you can put in different inputs and you spin this virtual wheel yeah and so i put in different like misfortunes i called it my wheel of misfortune and i picked a few times during the night to spin it so i would have something on there like soak your shoes in a puddle or wow. yeah. for this lap, you can't have any food with you, or just to simulate like something going wrong to kind of like, because I knew that the backyard would be such a mental game. So I wanted to really like try yeah. and train my back. So here I am running in the middle of the night with something misfortunate happening to me. So
0: <laughs> yeah, cool. That's a good idea. Did you think of that
1: yourself? Uh, I can't remember if I thought of it myself. Yeah. I feel like, no, you know what? I was actually listening to. I've thought of the wheel myself, but yes. I've, I've listened to a podcast with one coach who, with some of his ultra, with some of his marathon or ultra marathon runners that he coaches, um, before random workouts, he'll like switch out, uh, their nutrition. So all of a sudden they're running with nutrition that they're not used to. Mm. And he does that for the purpose of training them for the unexpected that might happen on race day and just getting used to running through that. So. That's yeah. where i kind of got the idea and so i'm like how can i do this myself and make it random so
0: yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's a good idea because you got to go for a long time for it to start getting hard so yeah if like a six hour training run and you're making it uncomfortable from the start it's a good way to um like to work on that mindset
1: yeah that, i thought so still was a lot easier than the real backyard <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
0: uh, and did you did you go into the race with a strategy or or plan
1: um yeah so I I built I built out a big spreadsheet for my crew and uh I planned out in detail like I overplanned because yeah, I didn't want to underplan. so I planned out in detail up to I think lap 60 yeah cool and then I left spaces all the way up to lap 100 just <laughs> I was like, you know what? We're going to a hundred just in case, but <laughs> I, I wrote a note for my crew after lap 60. I'm like, if I get this far, we're just winging it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, I had specific instructions like, uh, what kind of nutrition I wanted to bring out on each lap. And I had to mark down, uh, how I was feeling from scale of one to 10 every hour, uh, checking to make sure that I was peeing and. Then just other specific instructions like, hey, the night lap's coming up soon, make sure my headlamp's ready, all that kind of stuff. Um and it worked out really, really well. And yeah. I pretty much went exactly by my plan, even for nutrition and all that. Um up until early the second day, probably around hour twenty-six, and then everything was going sideways and <laughs> calling a lot of audibles. Right.
0: Um so with your crew, like um did you have the one like the same crew the whole time or did you have some different um friends working in shifts or how did you work that out
1: uh so my my mother-in-law um she's super gung-ho she's great she's huge fan of all her kids and loves just being a part of everything that they're a part of um so she's like what after my first ultra when's your next one i want to be involved i'm like are (laughs) you sure I think it's going to be this one. And like, it's a huge <laughs> ask, um, but she was going home for it. And my wife of course is a huge supporter. So I had my wife and mother-in-law set up to be my crew, but I've also got a 20 month daughter. Mm. So I knew that it'd be difficult for them to be juggling her and going through the night, um, but they were willing to do it. Uh, thankfully uh, my boss, who's become a good friend of mine has been super curious about ultra marathons. And he told me, about a month and a half ago, he said, man, I would love to just come out and make the drive and like watch a little bit of the event and see what's going on. Yeah, cool. And I was like, if if you're going to make the four hour drive anyways, you want to crew me, (laughs) (laughs) so he ended up coming in just before the night laps. And that was a huge help because obviously my wife's putting my daughter down to bed at the place where we were staying. And so he was there all through the night while my wife and my mother-in-law switched out a little bit and got a little bit of rest and then they were back to it during the day and they actually called in reinforcement from my wife's brother he was like i want to come up and so he started making the drive and they're telling me this at around hour 26 like nick's coming up nick's coming up and in my head i'm like i don't know if he's gonna be much help anymore (laughs) i might be done but but i did have backup coming for night two in case we got there
0: yeah yeah good and um it was like I mean I saw that photo of the blister, like that looked painful. That looked real painful.
1: Believe it or not, I mean it was, but yeah. I didn't I didn't even notice them. I thought I had some hot spots on my heels, maybe. Wow. And it wasn't until we changed my shoes from the night from my road shoes to my trail shoes at eight AM that we saw a couple of big blisters, not as big as the one you saw in the picture, but there's a couple of big juicy ones and i'm a guy who has no foot problems usually never Mm -hmm. dealt with blisters so we didn't have much time we put my sock and shoes back on and i went out on the next lap and talked to some other guys i'm like guys what do i do about these blisters they're like pop them drain them cover them up put your socks back on
2: yeah
1: so i came back from the next lap i'm like all right guys we're popping these and we popped them and it was well i didn't have any problem with it anymore and then again we took my shoes off at the end of the race and all of a sudden there's this massive shiny red blister on my heel that I didn't even know was there. Wow. Because I was so delirious and I was feeling pain in other parts of my body that the blister was, I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: But it was a juicy one for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> was um, How did you handle sleep?
1: Um, so I don't think I really needed to sleep, but I tried to every right. hour in the night the night loops were easier to run a little bit quicker so i did run yeah. them quicker than my day loops and i just put my buff over my eyes and put my headphones in with some white noise Yeah. after giving my crew my instructions and told them to wake me at the two minute whistle and i never actually fell asleep but i did that every hour just to get some shut eye and some rest
2: yeah. and
1: i gave myself a faster lap and a lot longer of a rest right before sunrise so then i was able to just about fall asleep i had about 10 minutes to shut my eyes and i was just about asleep and got up had some coffee and went on with my day yeah
0: yeah i was gonna ask if you um had to like use coffee or anything like that
1: yeah I'm, I'm a big coffee drinker as it is so yeah i tried to actually cut down my coffee in the month leading up to the backyard oh, yeah. a little bit And then, yeah, took a lot of caffeine in the mornings, and a little bit of coke when I needed it. So, was um,
0: did you reduce the amount of caffeine you had leading up to the backyard ultra, so it would have more of an effect at the backyard? Yeah,
1: I mean, I didn't really reduce too much. I'm talking, I went from four or five cups down to maximum two cups a day. But I figured, I figured any difference might kind of help just so that the caffeine does have more of an effect yeah yeah
0: um had yourself had you set yourself a target or was it just go for as long as you possibly could
1: yeah that was it it was man backyard i think is such a recipe i mean if you if you can mentally tough it out it's it's a good shortcut to get yourself hurt (laughs) because yeah but i said i said i want to go until i physically can't anymore and i mean I set the ultimate goal that, I mean, I would love to be the last person standing, that I'm a competitive guy, but as long as I can compete against my mind and push myself to the limits, I'll be happy. So no, I didn't have an hourly goal. I just wanted to go as far as I physically could. I had very strict instructions not to let me quit in the chair. And I did say a couple of times that I would have been disappointed, I think, if I went less than 30, because, but I honestly, it almost ended far less than 30 so i don't think i would have been disappointed but so it was nice to hit that 30 and i think the fact that i kind of had that as a marker where i would be disappointed or not disappointed definitely helped push me through the last three laps for sure i might have been i might have been down around 27 otherwise yeah yeah i saw
0: that you did start the 31st yard
1: yeah but i knew i was going nowhere i might As soon as i started the 30th yard i was probably about six minutes into that and just the thought of doing this for two more hours knowing that if i started 31 i would time out i just i couldn't bring myself to do the whole 31st lap even if i timed out because even though that's what i wanted to do going in i wanted to start a lap and time out that's the only way i could quit yeah but I had to push myself hard to finish lap 30. And I spent the last of me to be able to cross the line in time. It was a mental, it was a push to yeah. finish lap 30. And I knew I didn't have any more in me and my crews one to 10 scale. They asked me after lap 30, a scale of one to 10, where are you at? And I, I couldn't even really talk. I was delirious from the heat. My body was in pain. Yeah. I just like stuck up a finger. I was a one, wow. probably less than a one. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, th- when when did it start um, getting hard? Like when were you thinking, geez, this is hard?
1: Probably around, oh man, maybe lap 20, 22 or so. So in the night hours, um, middle of the night. And we still had a lot of runners in. I think we st- we had 17 runners make it to 24 yeah so out of a field of 58 so quite a lot of strong runners out there and the night hours got tough everyone got quiet Yeah. no one was really talking anymore um we were getting more spread out it was dark it was lonely and I was I was getting I don't know what I was feeling but just mentally my my legs pretty much felt the same from lap six until lap 26 they never yeah. got much worse right um so I wasn't too worried about my legs but just mentally I was just tired of going I don't know yeah and but then I had some ups and I had some downs and I would always come out of those lows and that's what I kept telling myself you know everyone says the lows don't last forever until they do yeah and so so I was coming out of the lows and then I'd get back to a high and I think I've got on my chart from like after midnight a few sixes fives feeling like a four and then all of a sudden i'm an eight nine seven eight um so it started getting hard around there and then from lap 26 on the i didn't come out of the lows anymore the lows just kept getting lower and lower yeah and the heat of the day was coming up again um the day loop on the second day they took out the soccer field laps because there's some soccer games going on and uh so then we had some a steep road section instead, which just, it was in the beating sun. It was steep. <laughs> it was a pavement. Oh. And uh, I don't know. I just, my body was starting to give up on me for sure from 26 to 30.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like the course was getting harder as it was going longer
1: yeah unfortunately day two it was a little bit trickier we were all complaining about the laps of the field on day one because we're just have no shade from the sun and we're just going around this field once at the beginning of each lap once at the end we all hated it yeah by day three i was begging for the field i wanted the field laps back because instead we we're running through a neighborhood up and down a steep hill before heading into the woods so yeah yeah it sucked
0: um how did you go with your nutrition like what worked and what didn't work
1: I just went w- with what works for me usually on my long runs and what works for me what worked for me at my uh, 100k in September um so I take some gels some goose, I do well with those and then I a lot of tailwind electrolyte and carbohydrate drink mix and then I'll eat PB and J sandwiches, um, granola bars, bananas, and uh, pizza pops, which I think is a something that we only have here in Canada. I don't even think they have it in the U.S. and it's, it's like it's like a pizza pocket. Okay, yeah. Some dough with some pizza ingredients in it, and you throw it in the microwave. Yeah. And so I pre-made a bunch of those and was just eating those cold. Okay. And then. And then i just have anything else that I was craving between laps. So I would take that food with me. I tried to eat during my laps. And then between laps, I would have a burger around lunchtime or whatever. They were cooking up burgers or some oatmeal or some yogurt or um, some oranges, some other fruit, whatever else my body craved. But I stuck with pretty strict plan for my lap-by-lap nutrition. And then between laps, I kind of just went for whatever else I was feeling.
0: Yeah. Uh, did they? Did you ever reach a stage where you like lost your appetite or you couldn't eat anymore? Or?
1: Yeah, and that was probably around lap twenty six, which would have been around ten a.m. on day two. Um, yeah, I just was sick of. I. It's not like I didn't like the food or felt like I was going to vomit it up or anything. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to eat anymore. Yeah, my body was so done doing things it's been doing things for 26 hours it didn't want to do anything else so so i switched to uh i gave my crew instructions i'm like i'm just drinking tailwind and i would take 200 calories of tailwind per lap so that i'm just drinking water and tailwind and then between laps i would have whatever i felt like which maybe it was a goo quickly choke down a goo um my crew was trying to god bless them they're trying to shove everything in my face between laps. we yeah. got you a donut we got yeah. you this we got you that oh you're <laughs> gonna love this um and i was just not having any of it but i got my calories in still one way or another i was getting at least 300 calories still per hour even when i didn't want to eat anymore but it was mostly liquid
0: yeah one of the yeah. things i um I loved is that you wore a tutu for uh, <laughs> 22.
1: Yeah. and I had to do it. I mean, I've been listening to your podcast and <laughs> I know Phil, Phil Gore rocks the tutu. Where did that tradition start? What race was that?
0: Um, it was actually, um, I'm ass- I-, I assume they've got park run over there in Canada. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. park runs, yeah. So yeah, Phil Gore, he actually um, came up, I-, I think it was him. He'll, t- he'll correct me if I'm wrong. But um, he came up with the idea of actually wearing a tutu at Park Run when it uh, fell on the twenty second. of oh, okay. the past. So, yeah. it, so then they thought, oh well, we can do it on the twenty second hour of a, of a Backyard ultra as well. So, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's right. yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think Herdy's has it as a requirement now. You're required to bring a tutu. Yeah, to yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's awesome. I don't know. I thought it was awesome. Uh, that's one of the biggest things that I was trying to do at the backyard. I mean, we're out there to have fun. There's, I mean, a lot of people, they had their game faces on, and they were serious, and that's great. But, like, I just wanted to have a good time. The more fun that I could have, uh, the easier it was to distract myself from the pain and the suffering I was going through. So. Yeah. we had a lot of fun on the first day in the loops and then yeah brought the tutu along and was ready to run lap 22 <laughs> and a few other guys said to me they're like you should have told us this was a thing we would have worn ours too so oh really you know it might become a thing
0: <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask you what did what did the other runners think
1: yeah uh they they quite liked it i got some i got some good comments uh one of them was well, you're pretty bold to think you're going to make it to 22 and bring the tutu and honestly that was that was part of the motivation like when it started to get low in the night hours I'm like well I gotta get to 22 because I gotta get my tutu on like I didn't bring it for nothing yeah
0: yeah that's awesome
1: it Um, was good it brightened the spirits for myself and for others and it was just a fun way to start the next day so
0: yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, you mentioned um, work before. Are, are
1: you a firefighter,
0: or or just is that something you do? Yeah, I'm an
1: electrician full time, and yeah. I'm a paid on call firefighter here locally. So I've been doing that for since just about six years now. Yeah, cool. So, so we have we've got full time staff firefighters in my city, and then we've got uh, about seventy of us who are paid on call. And so we carry pagers around, and we get called out when there's something big going on in the city. So. Usually we get to go to a lot of fires. Mm,
0: and you're on call right now. Is that right? Yeah, uh, I
1: am actually. Yeah. All
0: right.
1: Yeah, actually, yeah. Every every few weekends when we we have to respond on that weekend, and this is my weekend right now. So hopefully I don't get called out. <laughs> Major spark. Yeah.
0: Um. So you, do you remember where you went to mentally? Um. When it started getting hard to push through those last few hours
1: yeah well i i kind of started to think about my sister a lot um and before my sister passed away uh from her overdose everyone talks about you need to have a why when you're running and i didn't really have a why mine was it's pretty fun and i'm competitive so i like to run (laughs) um and after she passed i was thinking a lot about it and i thought that my running journey can be a great way to show others that you're capable of doing far more than you think you can. Um, A lot of things that plagued my sister with her addiction was um, negative self-talk and self-doubt. She talked down on herself a lot. She didn't believe in herself. She talked negatively towards herself. And I've come to realize that positive self-talk and how you believe um, can really direct your life. I mean, even, even back to the Bible, it says uh, power of life and life and death is in the power of the tongue and what we speak can be so powerful. Um, so I've tried to make that my why for running to show people, you know, you can go way farther than you're capable of. So I I started talking to myself in those lows and said, you know, what? you can keep going. you still got it in you. And sometimes it feels so awkward to talk out loud to myself, but I have learned and I found that it actually works really well. And yeah I just said you know you're not done yet you still got it in you you're crushing these laps you're coming in at a good time you can keep going uh the pain that you feel is nothing just keep going and yeah I just try that positive self-talk until it didn't work anymore and I would finally found myself in the pain cave which I hadn't before and I know I've heard Courtney DeWalter talk about how she loves being in the pain cave and so I was trying to love being in the pain cave (laughs) I I couldn't do it (laughs) i was in the pain cave and i was like you can love this place you can enjoy it and i was like no i can't yeah I can't. this sucks i don't know if anyone likes this but i like what came from it i like what i learned through it but in the moment i don't enjoy being in that painful place but i just had to talk and convince myself that you know i still had it in me and then it really helped to stick on the heels of some of the veteran runners and uh know that they're going through some pain but they're still going lap after lap and yeah, in those late hours, once it was down to like less than 10 of us, everyone started putting their poker faces on and honestly everyone around me looked so strong and anytime someone would drop, I would be shocked because they were looking so good. Yeah. And so I tried to put on my poker face until I couldn't anymore the last couple laps. And I think everyone knew I was suffering through the last couple.
0: Well, um, in the videos I saw you,
1: you looked okay. Yeah, I mean, was there any videos of the last two laps? I don't think oh, so. <laughs> no, just I don't, think I, had the, yeah, I don't just... think I had the energy to pull my phone out. But I mean, that was a big thing. Like they had an announcer, the announcer there is everyone comes in from the laps. And I had gotten a reputation of just like always being so happy and smiley. And so... Yeah. I just had to keep up that facade when i was no longer happy anymore probably for the last eight hours yeah right. i would just suffer through the laps and as soon as i saw the finish line coming close i'd put on my smile and <laughs> pretend that everything was all right yeah but no i was hurting for sure uh,
0: um so just say like um if you told yourself 10 years ago that you'd do 30 hours in a backyard ultra like 200 kilometers Like, would have you believed it like what would have you thought
1: 10 years ago yeah no i would have i don't think i'd believe that back then yeah i mean i've always been one to kind of gravitate towards bizarre hobbies and goals so maybe i might have believed it but i don't know it's something to go that distance i mean that was twice as far as i've ever gone and twice as long as i've been on my feet before so yeah it's definitely a little unbelievable i'm still trying to process it all
0: yeah well did you like it sounds like you enjoyed it did you like love it like is it something like you really want to do again and you want to improve and stuff like that that cat definitely.
1: definitely I mean it didn't take me long even through my pain I was like man I gotta see how far I can go again I don't know if I'll do it next year but I don't know it's hard because I feel like if I'm not the last one standing I'm getting injured yeah and, and that's tough for me because cause I literally went until I got injured and and now I'm dealing with that and I'm nursing some injuries and hoping it doesn't take me out for too long. So yeah, yeah it's one yeah. of those things that's tough. It's it's like it's a really fun format. It's a really fun event, it's fun to push myself. Um but there's definitely some risks involved with the backyard, I'd say. <laughs>
0: what, what what injuries like? Have. So
1: I've never, I've never had shin splints before, but that's what ultimately took me out the right. last four hours. My right shin just started burning and hurting so bad. And I pushed through that for a few hours and my last lap, it was just, it was getting excruciating yeah. and pair that with the heat delirium I was feeling. I was just so done. And, uh, so that's what I was dealing with. And I'm still dealing with some pain in my shin. Um, I sat down after my 30th lap, which was a mistake for about 30 minutes and I could not stand up and walk after my,
2: oh.
1: my, my feet and my legs and my shins were just done. And, uh, and then just two days ago, I was just feeling my Achilles on the same, uh, leg and I've got a bit of a lump in my Achilles and it's really tender. So I'm dealing with something in that Achilles too, which I didn't even know until a couple days ago. So
0: right okay yeah went on my
1: first run this morning right before this call and trying to feel things out and as I got moving as the body was moving it felt all right to get some blood flowing so I'll probably just keep with a few short runs for the next couple weeks and hopefully do all right Mm. we'll see
0: the um would you do anything differently next time like do you think you made any what did you learn like did you make any mistakes what would you not do and what would you do in your next backyard ultra
1: that's a good question um i think i'd be better with foot care early when i start feeling those hot spots and not let the blisters uh build up like they did that was definitely a mistake but i mean i'd never i'm still pretty new to this i've never really dealt with foot issues before i've never gone that distance to have to deal with foot issues Mm. so definitely jump on my foot care a little earlier and probably uh, that's really tough i mean i'd get a better chair my chair was
0: <laughs> it's, yeah.
1: it's crazy how much that matters like
0: yeah you the did, time of
1: chair that you're sitting on between laps so you didn't you didn't have a reclining chair i did yeah. but i'd want an even better one oh, maybe a sure. massage a massage gun as well would be nice yeah. um to have between laps because I had a hand roller and so I had my crew rolling out my muscles a little bit and that's just it's awkward it's hard to get the right spots but a couple laps we borrowed a massage gun and it's just so much easier to use the massage gun myself and put it exactly where I feel like I need it so and it helped honestly having a little massage gun between laps was great so I think I would have one of those for sure and otherwise just have an even bigger base built up going into it and that's inevitable because i'm going to continue to run so Mm. just have more i think more experience more years of running under my belt will be huge um and yeah and maybe if it's hot again have some better cooling strategies because i didn't i didn't really know how to cool myself i was dumping ice buckets on my head near the end and I've come to learn that that's actually not a good way to cool yourself because kind of tricks your brain into thinking that you are cold and then your body starts warming up again. So that was probably bad for me to do, but felt good in the moment. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, I don't know. I felt like I was well prepped for my first backyard, just from some research, talking to people, listening to your podcast. And I really liked how I set up my crew and my crew never felt like they were in the dark about anything i had everything set up for them so
0: mm.
1: i was happy about that um well
0: 30, 30 hours in your first backyard ultra that that's awesome
1: yeah thank you thank you Hamid. it was a wild ride <laughs> yeah
0: and um so i forget the charity's name that um you were raising money for did were they aware you were doing this for them before the race
1: yeah so i i raised money it's teen challenge and um i actually know the director of the local teen challenge here um so the the money is going towards teen challenge in my entire province but the one of the directors from the local teen challenge i chatted with her about and she was really excited so Mm. yeah
0: yeah awesome
2: yeah
1: good
0: um yeah, so i was gonna ask what's next you mentioned you may not do another back although you want to do and it doesn't sound like you you've got one on your radar or anything like that
1: yeah no i definitely want to do one yeah there yeah. won't be one happening this year i think there's one that's just a province away going off in august but i won't be doing that one and that one this year is a really flat course so that could be interesting i like the i like the hillier courses I like the variety, getting the muscles a little bit of a change yeah. and uh having fun on the downs. So that course doesn't really appeal to me. But uh I want to run some more mountain ultra marathons and stuff. I, I love the backyard, but I also love having a set distance and a race. Yeah. Um, so I've got I was supposed to have a 25k trail race at the end of this month. I've deferred my entry till the next year and I'll be volunteering there instead. Um and then my next race is until September. I've got uh, another 100K uh, pretty nearby. And it's similar to the one I did last September. It's a mountainous one, a lot of steep climbs. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. It should be a lot of fun. That one actually starts at 5 p.m. So everyone's guaranteed to run through the night. Yeah. And it starts with a Little Creek Crossing. It's, uh, so everyone's guaranteed to run with wet feet too. It's kind of a weird one. yeah yeah. it should be fun i'm really looking forward to it so i'm really hoping to be able to nurse these injuries and start my training block for that
0: Mm. and that will be in if you said it was in december did you in september oh september okay so yeah
1: it's right at the tail end of summer for us right okay Yeah. yeah yeah
0: do you have any um ambition to like make the canadian satellite um team
1: I I would love to it would be I mean if I had the chance it would be exciting that was definitely something that is on my radar it looks a lot of fun it's definitely becoming a more popular format here as well so it's getting a lot more competitive so I don't know making that team next year might be a little more difficult than it was years past but uh I mean if I had the opportunity it would be I don't know if I'm going to run it next the BC backyard next year but Mm. I may and if i do then i've got a good few months to wait and train for team canada so i don't know it would be fun whatever happens would be great
0: (laughs) yeah yeah awesome um yeah because i was going to ask like are you thinking maybe you could um if you do do like you can make the bc back at ultra like a, a yearly run for team challenge like just you make it an annual thing just an idea
1: yeah that could be something that we do we'll see yeah yeah we'll really see what i have planned for next year i don't want to plan out my races for 2024 i've yeah yeah. i mean it's it's so far away but i i definitely like one thing i want to do in 2024 i'm curious to see how i'd do at uh at a road marathon so that's something that may be part of my training in 2024 so we'll see if a backyard fits into the mix i hope it does because i really love the backyard
0: but, so you haven't, so you haven't run a, a marathon yet.
1: No, no. My first marathon was during the fifty k that I did in twenty twenty right. up in the mountains. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's surprising how many people who run ultras I speak to who haven't even run a marathon. They, they go, they go straight to the ultra marathons.
1: They're more fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're a lot more fun. I don't know, but but marathons are starting to appeal to me. I do like going fast. I actually. After my 100K in September, I decided to switch up my training and train for a 5K this last January just to see how well I could improve on my PR, and it was fun. It was fun to do a race that's yeah. only five kilometers and actually, like, put some speed work into my training. And Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. How old are you, by the way? I'm 30. Right. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, while well, you're in your 30s. You may as well try and go as fast as you can as well as the i know longer stuff too. i know i'm
1: still technically young but like so often i'm like man i wish i i wish i started this six years ago oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i feel exactly the same way
0: yeah.
1: but it's fun backyard yeah. ultra is one of those that you can be really competitive i should be able to be competitive in the backyard for another 20 <laughs> years right so
0: yeah well, that's right i mean i spoke to um yeah. last podcast I, did, I don't know if you've listened to it or not but it was with um pam muston
1: yeah yeah i did listen
0: yeah she's in her 60s and
1: yeah that's unreal
0: yeah she's an amazing runner amazing person yeah yeah that's a, inspiring i tell you what um i tell you what i'm inspired by what you've done you have 30 hours in your first backyard ultra and i'm really really impressed by how you've raised that money as well for team challenge and I thought it was a a really really cool cool story
1: yeah thanks so much thank you for your contribution as well as it means a lot yeah
0: yeah no worries and um yeah i'll be looking forward to following you in all your races and back out ultras and everything like that and following you on strava too so yeah we'll we'll definitely keep in touch thanks for coming thanks for coming on
1: yeah thanks for having me it was a it was an honor it was a pleasure thanks for your podcast keep doing what you're doing and yeah yeah the backyard's great so yeah i'll definitely continue to tune into your pod and i'll probably get the itch to run another one sooner or later <laughs> yeah
0: awesome okay well thanks for getting up early because uh, it's seven yeah. i think seven 7, a, seven a.m over there wasn't it
1: yeah i usually i usually get my runs in early anyways so i figured this is a good <laughs> excuse to get up early get a little run in and then up on the pod so yeah
0: perfect all right well um have a good day andy and um, yeah, you as well
1: we'll keep in touch for sure awesome thanks paddle all the best
0: thanks mate Thanks. Okay. if you've enjoyed this podcast it would be awesome if you could share comment like subscribe all of that if you've got any feedback shoot me a message hope you have a great day see ya